What's up, guys? This is the Our Game, His Glory podcast, a podcast created by Christian athletes for Christian athletes. My name is Chandler Beard. A lot of you guys know me from TikTok, where I came up with this idea and you guys absolutely loved it. I'm really excited to continue doing this and hearing what it is doing in some of your guys' lives already. Today, we have special guest Derek Blackmore. He is a D1 baseball player at Arkansas Pine Bluff, and he plays first base and outfield. Derek, if you want to come on and tell us a little bit about yourself, that would be great. Hey, guys. Um, my name is Derek Blackmore. As he said, first base outfield for Arkansas Pine Bluff. I'm a freshman. It's my first year. And shoot, one thing I'd like to say is that I try to promote on my TikTok. It's D Blackmore, simple as that. I try to pr promote just a Christian lifestyle to, for Christian athletes not to be ashamed of their, like, faith. And I just really try to inspire young kids whether that be in baseball or just strengthening their faith every day. So what you just said there, I really like not be ashamed in their faith. So obviously you go to a school that isn't necessarily a Christian school, but how do you go about every single day showing that you aren't ashamed of your faith with your teammates, being honest, being bold? What does that look like for you? So being bold about my faith, I feel like it started in high school. I feel like I wasn't doing enough. So basically what I started doing was just reaching out to people and if they needed a little bit of help or I noticed that they didn't seem like completely themselves, I'd reach out and just recommend God. And just, if they need anything from me, dude, I'd say that we could have like a Bible study or just read a little bit just to start off. But then also I'd say probably my freshman year, I got to introduce the elite athletic gear and I wear my Philippians 4-13 um, little um, wristband every day with me. I've, I've never taken it off since I put it on. And that's obviously I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I keep that um, verse with me every day. And I, I say it a bunch before, before I hit and just things like that. I use Christian, I use TikTok to promote Christian athletes of not being ashamed of their faith and just, just preaching the gospel to a point where kids are proud to be Christian. Yeah, facts, bro. And like, even like something that I really think about on this topic of being bold is the verse Matthew 9, 12. You know, it says on hearing this, Jesus said, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. And this happened when Jesus was talking with the sinners, when Jesus was eating with the sinners and the Pharisees were like, why would you do such a thing? But Jesus was like, look, they are the sick. They are who need me. But something that really hit me deep the other day when I was reading this was that the fact of the matter is if the doctor was just like you, would you let a doctor treat you? No, you wouldn't, right? Like it, you, you would not let a doctor who was just like you treat you. The fact of the matter is if we live our lives like this culture, right? If we live our lives like everybody else, if we go out, we get drunk. If we go out, we have sex. If we go out and we do all these things that everybody else is doing, and then we try to look at them and say, Jesus this, Jesus that, they're going to say, well, why do I need Jesus if you're just like me? You see, the reason that the, that the sinners and these people were listening to Jesus was because they understood that what he was saying was how he was living. They understood that he was different than them. And the fact of the matter, too, something that I think is really important for us to remember in the situation as well, is the doctor, he's the person who does the treatment. Would a doctor let the patient treat him? No. And sometimes in our lives, we have to remember that, yes, we are called to influence people who are not Christians, but we are also called to not be influenced by them.
We need to be the influence, but not be influenced. And I think sometimes what we do is we go ahead and we decide to allow others to influence us. We want people to like us, so we decide to go to that party. We want people to like us, so we decide to get drunk. You know, and I think my question for you is, have you ever been in that place where you were so worried about people liking you that you decided to conform to the culture? Because I know I have. That's a, that was a great, that was great right there, bro. I'd say that I've all, so first of all, I'm the only child. So for me, I've never been a guy to really follow the pack, but I've had multiple opportunities where I could have. And what I really think about it is what first thing that I think about when guys are getting drunk, and I'm talking about it here in college, just, from really high school and middle school used to, I, at least I saw stuff like that at an early age but I just try to think what would God do and then will this like affect me in the future with what I'm trying to do in life so it, for me I've never been a person to really try to care what people think about me in that way so I just kind of try to do my own thing and sometimes I might lose a friend or two but I know at the end of the day I have God on my side I feel that. And I feel like that's so important for a lot of young people out there to understand. Sometimes you may lose a friend or two, but at the end of the day, you have God on your side. You know, for me, I know personally, like, as I've shared multiple times on TikTok, even last week on the podcast, I care, I don't anymore, but I used to care a lot about what people thought about me. That's why in high school, I really ran away from Jesus and I started to live a lot more for this world than I should have. And it wasn't until my shoulder got hurt my senior year that I really came back to Jesus and Jesus found me where I was at. But I got so far from him and I distanced myself so far from him simply because I wanted other people to like me. But what you just said right there is something that's so great for that high schooler out there, that middle schooler out there, even that elementary schooler out there, or that college athlete, or even a professional athlete to understand. Sometimes you may lose friends, but you still have God on your side. And if you don't mind, maybe you could go into depth about a certain time that you lost a friend and what that was like, and maybe if it hurt at first, but like what God did through it. I'd say the first time um, I was at this like party, not this guy wasn't my best friend, but basically it was his birthday and everybody, you know, everybody was trying to get drunk. I don't, even, I don't even think I was, a, I might've been a sophomore in high school at most, but basically everybody's like, come on, Derek, just get one drink just one drink. And I was like, nah, man, I'm good, but don't try to drag me into it and don't try to force it on anybody else because it should be someone's choice. And basically ever since that night, he, you know, obviously he got messed up, but I knew that if he didn't respect me, my answer, that's, that's on him and that he's not going to be a good friend for me in the future. As a kid out there that you might be getting peer pressure or just someone isn't that right crowd for you, you don't have to be around them. You can find new friends and then just try to keep your morals as good as you can. Facts, facts. And I really like that. And the fact that as a sophomore in high school, you were able to stand on the word of God and stand your ground and be like, look, I'm not doing that. That's really impressive. And I think that also shows probably the way that you were trained growing up because like, you know, I know a lot of us, a lot of times in those situations at that age, we would be like, no, I want to keep this friend. But instead you understood that God was so important. And honestly, I guess my question for you is your testimony, like not all of it, but like, how did you come to find God? How were you in a place as a sophomore in high school to be that strong to say no? Because I think there's a lot of people out there that would be like, well, I'm a sophomore in high school. I can wait. 
but that's not true because not a day is promised, right? And so what advice would you give to somebody in that place right now on how they can continue to stand their ground? Well, for starters, I would say just have good people around you that are trying to do similar things to you, whether that be a girlfriend, a best friend, or just someone that I feel like are good people that stay around me and just try to make sure I'm on that right path to where I want to be in life, whether that, whether that be with my religion, with my sports. And honestly, that both collides and that connects in the same way. But I would say that just, just keep like every day is a new day. So you'll have days where you struggle or you feel like you failed God, but that day doesn't define you. And God put you on this earth for a reason. So you just got to keep going because God knows you're not going to be perfect. So just keep trying to get better. Just like it, as us athletes, there's going to be days where we don't play well. But if you're trying to better yourself every day and just keep striving for greatness, it'll be better and you'll figure it out. Yeah, facts, bro. And I really like how you said you're not going to be perfect every day, you know, because in the Bible, we can see Peter. He denied Jesus three times. He made mistakes, yet God still used them to build his church. Like the fact of the matter is if you're in high school and you're saying, Chandler, Derek, I've been struggling lately. I've been doing bad things. It doesn't mean you need to keep doing it. Just because you did it once doesn't mean you need to continue. And I think sometimes, like I know this is where I was in high school. I thought, well, I did it once, so why not just do it again? But the fact of the matter is I didn't understand God's grace. I didn't understand that God's grace worked in a way that when I came to him and I repented, my sins were completely washed away. He made me white as snow is what the Bible says. It says that he makes those sins white as snow because the sins disappear. The sins are gone, you know? And I just think that that's something that is so great that sometimes we don't realize. Sometimes we think, man, yo, I just did this. Yo, I just had sex. So why not just continue to do it? Well, guess what? God's grace works in a way that when you ask him for that forgiveness and somebody says, yo, Chandler, I remember when you used to do that. You can look at them and literally be like, no, I didn't. And they might continue to be like, I was there with you. No, I didn't. You see, the fact of the matter is the Bible says I'm a new creation in Christ now. And I think that's something that's so important for us to remember. The old Chandler did that, but the new Chandler didn't. And I faced that with a lot of people from high school and even my freshman year of college where they'd be like, oh, but remember when you did that? Oh, but remember when you did that? Well, I was a different person back then. I'm a new creation in Christ. I'm a new person. And that's what I want to remind you guys out there right now. No matter what you've done in your past, no matter what you did a minute ago, even, no matter what you did right before you came to listen to this podcast, it doesn't mean you need to continue to do it. You can leave it in the past through the power of Jesus. Um, and kind of going past that too, I think, honestly, you being able to deny in that situation shows the power of the Holy Spirit working through you. So like just a little bit about like, how did you come to find God? How did you come to make it your own personal relationship with him? Um, well, for starters, I started from a young age. I was always in Christian and religious schools. And I feel like my relationship was, I wouldn't say it wasn't strong, necessarily strong, but I always had a, a relationship with the Lord. And basically, I'd say when my grandparents passed on my mom's side, that's when my relationship with God really started to strengthen because my, like when I tell you my grandma and grandpa on my mom's side were in church every single Sunday, 
and then they'd even be praising the Lord every day, really, whether it be listening to Christian gospel music. That really, when I when they passed, and when they were getting close to pass, because they had dementia, it really it really opened my eyes, like how short life is, but also just that I want to strengthen my relationship with God. So then, ever since then, I've just had a really good relationship with the Lord, and just trying to better myself every day. But also, I feel like if I don't have a close relationship with God, I don't feel as, um, I don't feel like everything else is going to be right in my life, whether it be with family, school, baseball, just my everyday life. Yeah, facts. And I really like what you just hit on as that last thing, you know, your everyday life. It's not going to be right if God isn't there. And, you know, something we talked a lot about last week and something I talk a lot about in general is how God needs to be in the center of it all, you know, and sometimes in sports, we think that we need to say, all right, God, you get this time in the morning and then through my sport, I'm going to be on my own. But the fact of the matter is through spending that time with him, we're going to start incorporating him into our everyday lives through everything. And when he stays in the center, our lives are going to feel a whole lot better. And now that does not mean your life is going to be perfect because at the end of the day, like the Bible does say that once we get closer to God, trials will be thrown at us because who doesn't want us getting there? The devil. So the devil is going to be throwing stuff at us, but the Bible says that no weapon formed against us will prosper. But now let's think about it. That means a weapon's going to be formed. It just won't prosper. So you may be going through so many things right now, and you may be saying, Chandler, I may just be, I may just give up. I may just say, screw God, because I thought life was supposed to be perfect. But the fact of the matter is a walk with Christ does not mean a perfect life. But a walk with Christ means that you can have him walking with you through the trials that you are going to go through. Because the Bible does say that God is going to send rain on the, uh, on the unjust and the righteous. So no matter where you are in life, you're going to go through trials. And yes, there's going to be spiritual warfare and things may be a little tougher with that, with that walk with Christ, but it's going to be a lot more worth it. And something that you hit on too was about how you grew up going to Christian schools. So now obviously Arkansas Pine Bluff, that's not a Christian school. And I know a lot of our viewers go to places that aren't Christian schools, so they can really relate to you on this. Has there been any changes? Is there anything in specific that you would tell anybody going to a school that might not be a Christian school on how to go about spreading the gospel, on what to do even when things may seem tough? Um, for starters, with Christian school, one of the first things that really stood out to me that I wasn't doing even before, a Christian youth group called Chi Alpha on my school, they reached out to me and that really, they have um, basically a thing called D groups where you just talk about the gospel and you kind of learn. And even going to a Christian school, I feel like, you know, I, I applied myself in school very well, but I learned a ton about just different things that I didn't notice when I first started reading the Bible as a young kid. So I re definitely recommend if you're a young kid and you still want to, you want to learn more and just show that you really love the gospel go get like open yourself up to new things because I wasn't that was, that was my first time doing that and it was a little bit uncomfortable at first but then I started talking and participating in the group and that it, it's definitely a great experience so Kai Alpha you know um what about this has really helped you um what is their mission what is their goal just out of curiosity so Kai Alpha basically I feel like their mission is just to teach the youth like us like college students basically just trying to get strengthen our relationship with God and kind of keep us out of like any trouble so basically 
you know, it'd be nice for guys to go out and party and something can happen at the party or just act a little crazy at a party. So basically I feel like Kai Alpha gets me to go, you know, just instead of, for me personally, it relaxes me. You know, I'm, I'm always on the field every day and in the classroom. So by me going to Kai Alpha, it lets me kind of just calm down, think about the Lord, but also just, just stay with a good group of people that are focused on something that I am focused on. I really like how I just hit on staying with a good group of people. That's something that's so important that I think oftentimes we look over, you know, the Bible says that iron sharpens iron and that's exactly how we sharpen each other, you know, and at the end of the day, we're called to sharpen each other as uh, believers in Christ. And if we don't have those people in our life to sharpen us, whether it be a pastor, whether it be a friend, whether it be anybody in your life, then we may end up not seeing as much growth in our walk with the Lord. And I think it's cool that you have taken time on that campus to start going to that ministry and get involved so that iron can sharpen iron. And since doing that, have you seen any like ways that God has worked through you with your teammates even, or even maybe you've gotten a teammate to go to it with you, or just anything in general where God has used you with some of your teammates? For starters, I feel like it helped me um, start posting Christian content, honestly. I feel like it's really, I've noticed kids comic, I post like Bible verses, just trying to inspire kids to motivate them with being a Christian athlete, just to keep pushing. I haven't gotten a teammate to come to a youth group yet, but I'm planning on maybe, at least for the guys that would like it, to have our own little um, Christian ministry D group, maybe before a game or something like that. But our season's coming up and we might have to do it on game days with some of the guys. I was speaking to them about that this week. That's cool, bro. Team Bible studies are a really cool thing for sure. It's something that I really enjoy doing. Um, we actually have an all-athlete Bible study at my school that I help out with, and it's been really cool to see how God has worked through that in multiple different people's lives. And just having a team all around Jesus is is a really cool thing, you know, and I'm not saying that's where my team necessarily is yet either, you know, and I'm at a Christian school. So no matter where you are, you're going to have teammates who don't believe in Jesus, who don't who don't totally give their all to Jesus Christ. But at the end of the day, our job, like you were talking about, is to give them those opportunities. You know, it's not forcing it down their throat. It's being like, look, if you want to join me in this Bible study, if you want to join me going to this, if you want to join me going to this, then you give them that opportunity. And sometimes people will. And it's like we were talking about earlier. Honestly, the best way to go about getting them to actually want to do it is when you live a set apart life. Because like we talked about earlier with doctors, you're not going to let a doctor treat you that you don't trust that you think is just like you. Because I'm sorry, I know nothing about medicine. I know nothing about the medical world. And if somebody was like, yo, I have the same knowledge as you. Let me do this crazy uh, labrum surgery on you or this crazy, any crazy surgery. I'm going to look at them and say, get away from me. I want somebody more experienced. And I'm sure everybody out there would say the same thing. Um, going off of that, though, like through through your time at Chi Alpha, has there been any like big things that have happened in your life where you have seen God work through maybe healing through maybe just anything in general? Definitely. Actually, in the last week, I, um, I was working out with a couple of teammates and I was doing a vertical jump and I landed and my knee just popped and I, I completely panicked. I thought I had a torn MCL. I was telling my parents how I thought my season was going to be over. And that was just not the case. I was praying, shoot, basically the minute it, after it happened, but I was really worried about it. And I'd say a couple of days ago, like, it took me a while. I was struggling to walk. I was limping around. 
And now today I'm walking pretty well. I'm, I'm walking without any pain, still some discomfort. I'm not on the baseball field yet because, you know, I got to get back to 100%. But when I was walking to lunch one day, I, I saw a couple members from Chi Alpha and they knew that I was a little down. And they just, they, all they asked was, can I pray for your knee? And they prayed for my knee. I was actually on the phone with my mom and she, she was just so excited because she told me the first thing she said was, wow, your grandma would be so proud of you. And that just really hit home because I, like, I wanted the prayer. I just didn't ask for the prayer from someone else. Like I was praying for my knee, obviously by myself, but it felt good for someone to reach out to me and pray for my knee. That's an amazing story, honestly. Like the fact that they were bold enough, obviously you've been going to the group, but they, they had trust to be like, all right, can I pray for you? And then look what it did for you. And I think sometimes we can really relate this to our walk with God and also our walk with our teams even, because sometimes you're going to feel that message on your heart from God. He's like, look, go tell this person that, look, go pray for this person. And I think a lot of times we get so scared, like, well, what about their reaction? So we don't do it. But what if those three people wouldn't have came and prayed for you? What would have happened, right? And yet they decided to. They made the decision to follow God and do what God laid on their hearts. And I think as Christian athletes, a big reminder that we have to tell ourselves every day is that we just need to follow what God places on our heart. We need to be bold about the gospel. Like I think about it now, and personally, I feel like my knee has gotten better a little bit every single day, whether it be less pain less of a limp and I just think about it how don't be afraid to like never be afraid to reach out and try to spread the gospel or just pray for someone just to make someone's day better because I feel like if I didn't post the TikToks I posted I mean there might be teammates or someone laughing like man you're you're corny or something like that but at the end of the day I feel like I'm helping someone and it's even better when someone comments man you just made my day so just don't be afraid to not share the gospel because but let's be honest there's nothing to lose and i feel like there's only the game yeah facts I, re I really like how you said there's nothing to lose there's only to gain and the fact of the matter is sometimes we think there is something to lose though because we think well what if those teammates laugh at me but the fact of the matter is those same teammates who may be laughing at you <clears throat> Maybe the one that comes to your dorm room. Maybe the one that talks to you in the locker room if you're in high school. Maybe the one that calls you on FaceTime, crying, saying, I'm not good enough, saying all these things about how they are in such a bad place. Because a story I shared last week on this podcast was one of my closest friends to this day, the first time he met me, I told him, look, I'm going into ministry. And he laughed because he thought I was joking. And then Going on, later on, later on, he goes, look, I don't believe in Jesus, but, the, but you're, you seem cool, so that's all cool and stuff, but I just don't believe in Jesus. And I just said, look, if you'll just give Jesus a try, you will be so surprised at what he can do in your life. And in the weeks following, every little opportunity I had, I was bold. And to this day, he's a strong Christian now, and he's found Jesus. And it's because I was bold in those small opportunities with him. And I think sometimes that's what we have to realize. Small opportunities are so important. We can be bold with the small and we can be bold with the big, but they're both just as important because no matter what the seed is, if you're planting it, God can end up watering it at some point. And I really like how you said, look, you've got nothing to lose because if you're a high schooler, if you're a middle schooler, if you're a college athlete, or even if you're a pro athlete, remember at the end of the day, you have nothing to lose because other people's opinions about you don't matter. Paul in the Bible literally said, if I wanted to be a disciple of Christ, I wouldn't 
I would not be a people pleaser. He was like, look, if you want to be a disciple of Christ, if you want to follow Jesus, you're not going to please people. And I think it's really cool how you can be in that mindset of, look, I have nothing to lose. Because I know a lot of people would look at you and be like, no, I've got a whole lot to lose. I want my friends. I want my teammates to like me. But you know what? At the end of the day, if somebody like you, if somebody likes you, it doesn't mean they respect you. And if you're listening to this right now, I would worry more about if they respect you than if they like you. You see, because respect means they know that you are taking a bold stand about something. It doesn't mean that they won't clown on you. Somebody could respect you and clown on you constantly and say, oh, this dude's crazy. But guess what? At some point, that could be the same person that comes to you crying and is like, I need what you have because they saw that you were different. Um, and yeah, man, going off all that, before we get into the TikTok questions, is there anything else that we haven't talked about that you would really like to just get across to anybody listening to this podcast? I'd say for COVID, that also helped me strengthen my relationship with God because it was a tough time. Obviously, you know, as someone that was in college, but as someone that was, I think I was my junior, about to be senior year. I was playing with one of the top teams, I'd say, and definitely top team in Texas, and one of the top teams around, like, my region for sure was um, Canes, the Evo Show Canes, and I thought, I'm about to get all of these offers, I'm excited, I'm playing well, then COVID hit, and that's when it, it was a reality check that anything can change, but what helped me was I kept my relationship strong with God, and that's when it really started to strengthen, and when I started posting things on TikTok to help others, but I feel like it kind of helped me. God really pushed me to really work on my physical fitness and my relationship with him. So that really, really made me pursue. And that helped me at the end of the day, because when COVID stopped, and obviously COVID is still going on, but I, I just put my faith in God. And I just let, I know there's a bunch of kids out there probably worried about just trying to go D1 or just trying to go to a college in general. And the thing about that is don't, don't worry about that. You can only do what you can control. And just ball out, keep your relationship strong with God, keep your family close, and whatever happens, it's in God's hand and it's God's plan. And he'll have you going wherever he thinks you should be for your best position. Facts. And I, I really like how you said it's all up to God, you know, because at the end of the day, like sometimes we try to control things that we can't control. And at the end of the day, the fact of the matter is God is going to lead us where we need to be. And sometimes we may not see that. Sometimes we may be frustrated. You know, we may be in moments where we're like, God, why would you put me here? And going back to COVID, I remember when I was told, I talked about this a little bit last week, but I remember getting the phone call being like, look, we're cutting down on scholarships and the max is now going down. And I was on a max scholarship at this school, but the max went down and the money was now too much. I couldn't afford it. And so I had to come to Valley Forge. But I remember Last fall, there were times that I was walking around campus, listening to worship music, praying and yelling at God, just being like, why did you make me come here? I was so frustrated and I couldn't see why. And I remember one time I even said, God, I don't get it anymore. I'm sick of this. I don't know like where you are, but you better show up right now. And I pulled out my Bible and he showed up right then and there when I opened up that Bible. And you see the fact of the matter though, is I still couldn't see what he was about to do. But then after that, I felt a call to inner city youth ministry that I wouldn't have found had I not been up here. I made the all-conference team in baseball. And like so many more things happened last year that wouldn't have happened had I not been here. And that's what I touched on a little bit, a little bit in the last podcast as well with Akeem Williams Jr. But 
at the same time, it's just so important to remember that God will take any trial that the enemy may have meant for evil and turn it to glory for his kingdom. You see, the fact of the matter is, yes, sometimes God will put us through hard times because he wants us to see his glory. Like think about when Jesus told his disciples, let's go across this lake and it led them straight into a storm, yet he was sleeping on the boat. But the fact of the matter is, while he sometimes will do that, and in that moment on that boat, those disciples were like, come help us. And then Jesus stopped the storm and his glory was shown through it. So sometimes hard situations, God may be putting us through them to show us his glory, but sometimes it will also simply be because the devil does not like where we are. The devil sees what we're doing and he wants to disrupt our timing. He wants to disrupt what's going on in our lives. And we have to remember that no matter what, whether it's the devil or whether it's God, he's going to turn it into a purpose. He's going to turn the pain. He's going to turn the hardship. He's going to turn it into a purpose. Because as I said earlier, no weapon formed against us will prosper. The weapon will be formed, but it won't prosper. So we're going to go into the TikTok questions now where we answer your guys' questions. Um, if you don't hear your question answered, it's probably because we already talked about it throughout this episode. But the first question that we're going to answer is how do I deal with teammates that pick on me for sharing stuff about God? So what would your answer be to that, Derek? How would you deal with teammates that pick on you about stuff about God? I can definitely relate to that because sometimes on, the, on my team, some guys call me pastor or reverend. And I mean, to me, that's not, at first I was like, man, don't say that. I'm tired of hearing that. But honestly, that's a compliment. I'll take it because it just shows how strong I am in my faith. Honestly, if they're making fun of you, just if, as long as it's not hurting your feelings, I say, take it in. Like, there's nothing wrong with someone making fun of you about being a strong believer in Christ. So just keep spreading the gospel, man. Somebody's going to pick it up and it's going to help somebody. So don't be getting in your feelings about it. So if one person's making fun of you, because that one person does not define you. Yeah. Facts. And the fact of the matter is if they're making fun of you for it, then that shows you're doing something because it shows that they see you're living a different life. So at some point they could be the one that even comes up to you and they're like, yo, I need what you have. You may not see that right now. They may not be looking like that right now, but at some point they may end up saying, I need what you have. So my best advice would just be continue to be consistent, continue to be bold. Don't worry about them. I know that's a lot easier said than done. The best way not to worry about something is to make sure that you're placing your thoughts in the right place. So stop placing your thoughts in areas of, oh, I hope this person likes me, of, oh, I hope this, or I hope that. Place your thoughts in an area of, I just want to serve you, God. I'm not worried about what other people say about me. And my best thing to say is at the end of the day, like I said earlier, you got to understand that those same people could easily end up being the ones that come to you and they're like, man, I need what you have. You're going through a hard time, yet you still stay joyful. You're going through this, yet you still stay joyful. And I think it's cool what you just said, Derek. Like you were like, look, some of my teammates call me pastor. Some of my teammates call me reverend. And that shows that they see what you're doing. You know, it's like the other day we had this team meeting and this one dude who was ineligible last year, he was joking with me. He was like, I can't wait to see this. He was like, I can't wait to see the Lord's power through you on the field. And I kind of laughed, but then I thought about it though. And I was like, you know, that's kind of cool that like he viewed it like that, you know? And like one time last year, my coach even said something like, I'm not going to even mess with anything because at the end of the day, God just plays MLB the show with you on the field. And he was like joking about it. But at the same time, like the fact that he was like, God plays MLB the show with you on the field. Like I thought that was kind of cool too, because it shows that 
through my playing, I am giving God glory. And so if people are clowning on you, if people are messing with you, I would say it's showing that you're doing something right because you're showing them that you're different. And we're called to be the salt and light of this world, you know, and salt is what gives food flavor, especially back then. So the fact of the matter is maybe they're clowning on you because you're bringing flavor that they're not used to. You're doing the right thing though. Continue to stay consistent, continue to stay bold. The next question is, were there ever times where you felt like you weren't doing your job? I'm not sure if this is asking about on the field or off the field, but you can answer it in either aspect. Hmm. I feel like there's, I feel like everybody has a time where they feel like they're not doing their job or at least not enough, whether it be reading the Bible enough or working hard enough in the weight room. You know, you, you should never be skipping reps or cutting your workout short because you're tired. Just I definitely say listen to your body, though. I was a guy that during the inter-squad, I mean, this is my first college D1 season and just first college season in general, but I tried to make sure that I left no doubt of how hard I worked on and off the field, whether it be in the weight room or taking more ground balls or more swings to the point where for 75 days straight while I was here, I because it was like technically a 75 hard challenge, but I made it my own challenge. I would make sure that I was in that weight room every single day, whether that be after a scrimmage, after a practice. Now, I definitely wouldn't recommend that for everyone, but it's just being dedicated to something that you love. I feel like at first, at the time, I feel like I wasn't doing enough with Christ and with the Lord. So basically now I try to read the Bible at least 10 minutes a day. Yeah, facts. And I really like that answer. And it kind of even goes into the next question in a way too, when we get to that. Um, but just like, you know, I think you kind of summarized that perfectly, you know, and the fact of the matter is there's going to be times where we don't do our job, whether it be in our spiritual life or on our life on the field and spiritual life. I mean, the Bible literally states that all have fallen short of the glory of God. So we're not going to be perfect. So we've got to remember that. And then on the field, you're also not going to be perfect. So you're not always going to do your job. I think the biggest thing like you were talking about that we need to do is just make sure that we're always working hard for the Lord, you know, because when we're working hard for the Lord, he can be brought glory as long as he's at the center of it, as long as we're showing him through our play. And going to the next question, kind of like you just talked about talking about the 10 minutes, um how do you find time with god though when it's a busy day how much time do you spend in baseball and how much time with god that's a great question it is definitely tough to spend time with god like when it comes to reading the word but with with it being baseball i mean we have practiced probably around two to three hours every day for the most for the most part so literally for me i don't know if you you have this tradition but every before every single at bat i say i can do all things through christ who strengthens me and i talk to myself and just pray and i feel like that gets me really relaxed but also just lets me show that i you know have a strong relation with god and i also for people that this is mainly for me but for kids that might look up to me be like wow well, this kid's a christian athlete after anything good, whether it be a single, double, triple, a bomb, I always make sure to point up to the sky. And I feel like that was something I saw some athlete do that was also a Christian athlete. So that's one big thing that I really try to really spread. But when it comes to reading the Bible, I read as much as I can. Some nights I might miss it, and that's just because I know I got to go to sleep, and it's, it's tough. But I make sure that I'm at least praying three to five times a day because it's kind of like eating. You should make sure you're, you know, praying at least three to five times a day, at least for me, 
just so I feel accomplished. But it all it's all different for everyone. Yeah, I feel you, bro. And I think like that question is a question, you know, that for me personally, like I think something that's really important to remember with that question is that at the end of the day, when we're playing baseball, when we're doing anything, it should be worship to God. Everything we do should be worship to God. Our entire day should be worship to him. And times will get busy where it's hard to get in our word. But something that really, that I've been told before that really hit me deep was if you're busy, then that means it's even more important to get in the word. And you know, the fact of the matter is there are going to be days, though, where you don't read it, like, like Derek said, and you don't need to feel like you're some failure simply because you missed out on your time with God. Because the fact of the matter is even on those days, I would say you probably still prayed to him at some point. You probably still listened to that worship music. You probably still gave him glory through what you were doing, right? But you should make it uh, every single day thing where you say, God, I'm going to give you this time to read your word, whether it be one chapter, whether it be 20 verses, be intentional with it and get something from it. Because, you know, like this is something, this is something I want to hit on with this question. The Bible says to hide the word in our heart. But a lot of times we treat hiding the word in our heart as hiding it in our brain. And the difference between these two is that hiding it in your brain means you may be reading it to memorize it. And yes, in order to hide it into your heart, you need to know the verse. But the fact of the matter is knowing the verse does not mean you're hiding it in your heart. You need to read the Bible not to memorize, but you need to read the Bible to be transformed by Jesus Christ. Because if you're not reading the Bible to be transformed by Jesus Christ, then you will only be a hearer of the word instead of a doer of the word. And God calls us to be a doer of the word. So when we're reading our Bible, we need to make sure it's not just something where we're trying to check it off a checklist. Like I read it for 10 minutes. I remember this verse. It needs to be, no, I read this and this is what God is doing in my life right now. And that's what I would give my best advice to you is when you're reading that word, make sure you're intentional with it. Make sure that you are getting something out of it, that God is transforming you in some way. Don't just read to hide it in your brain. Read to hide it in your heart. And just remember with baseball, with any other sport, everything about it, we need to keep God in the center. Because if we don't keep God in the center, then we are going to miss out on what he can do through it. Um, and this question is just for you. Hardest trial you faced while playing D1 baseball? Obviously, it's only been a year, but what's the hardest one? Um, I mean, this injury is... This injury sucks, but I don't know if this would be, a, oh, hardest trial. Perfect. It's a great question. So I would say my hardest trial is, I mean, these guys are your teammates, but they're not, you know, they're not to be played with. They, um, they're, they're the guys that you're competing with so you can get that starting job or get those minutes that you always wanted to get and get those innings as someone that's trying to play D1 baseball or just baseball in general. I don't know what your experiences are with it in college, but you're competing with these guys and you're going to, obviously you're going to hear hate. You're going to hear people that don't want you to succeed. And I mean, that's normal because it's, it's really the biggest thing. It's a mental game. I'd say that was the thing before you come down to college. And some people might have this issue in high school. You got to strengthen your mental toughness because there's going to be days where you're not playing well or days where these guys are literally trying to, you know, talk you down make you feel bad, make you in your head. And that's when you got to be strong and talk to God. And then just people that help you stay sane every day and just push through it. 
Yeah, facts. I really like how you just said, you know, kind of like, just don't worry about them. You know, Matthew 5, I read this morning and that chapter, if you're out there, I would recommend reading it because like, it's crazy how many things that were said that are just contrary to what you would think, you know? And one thing that he said is when somebody comes at you, turn the other cheek. And sometimes when people are coming at you saying disrespectful things, like you just said, you just got to pray to God and turn the other cheek. And I really like that. And the next question that we can go to is when playing sports, how do you make sure to focus on both the sport and on God? Um, it's different for others, but for me, like I said earlier, one of the big things is I make sure to pray before every at bat. And then just before the game and before I get on the field, I always try to tell myself that not only am I I'm out here because of my ability, but I'm out here for the greater glory of God and just to have a good time playing the game I love because God put that love in my heart for baseball. It wasn't like I just was like, whoa, baseball's this is great. Because obviously, in my opinion, it is great. But that was given to me. And the reason I'm able to play at a high level is because of God. Yeah, facts. I really agree. And for me, too, like you said about when you go up to the plate, you say that. When I go up to the plate, every time I go up to the plate, I say me and you, Jesus. Because it reminds me that it's me and him at that plate. It's nobody else. And that's what I do. And then I think another way to focus on God through it is making sure that through all your actions, it is glorifying to him. Because if you go four for four and you have a great day, but you cursed out the umpire, you cursed out that player on the other team, you did disrespectful things that didn't glorify Jesus, then, well, that glory ain't going to him. If you try in a post-game interview after you're doing all those crazy things, try to say all glory to God, somebody's going to look at you and think, well, if you have Jesus, then I definitely don't want Jesus, you know? So I think that's one of the biggest things as well. And this question, this next one is a really interesting one that I've really thought about a lot sometimes. And it's honestly a really hard question, but it says, will God change a game if someone prays to win? In my opinion, no, because let's be honest, if we're playing each other, we're probably both praying and God just puts that in the hands of the better team, but also just let the game run its course. I feel like prayer can help both of us. We might both have a great game, but at the end of the day, God is not going to control the outcome of the game. Yeah, facts. I, f I feel that, you know, I was thinking a lot, a lot about that before. And I remember last year, someone asked me, Chandler, like, what if two Christian teams are facing each other and they both pray before the game? Then what happens? And I was like, you know what, something we have to understand, as we were talking about earlier, even with God's big plan, is sometimes certain people are going to be called to different things. It's just like maybe that pastor that was called to be a pastor over a huge mega church. They're going to need some money. So God may be supplying them with some money versus somebody who was called to just lead a local church is not going to need as much money. So I do believe that sometimes maybe God will be like, all right, for this, you know, but at the same time, the fact of the matter, it's like you said, it's up to us. Like, I believe that prayer can change things. I believe that the Holy Spirit can work through us. I saw it, like I talked about in the last podcast, a crazy story where I'll kind of go over it a little bit right now. But we were down by one run. No, we were down by two runs going into the last inning. And it was me and two of my teammates coming up. My first teammate, who's my roommate, was up first. And then I was up and then <clears throat> the next dude was up, right? And so... I was like, yo, let's pray real quick before this inning starts. And we prayed and we said, God, let the Holy Spirit work through us and just let us start this comeback. This was the bottom of the last inning of the game. And the very first at bat, my roommate hits this fly ball that I literally thought was going to get caught at the warning track easy. I thought, no way. 
that's going anywhere. I didn't even think it was going to get to the warning track, actually, honestly. But the wind just carries it, home run, dead center somehow. Next AB, I come up, I had a shot to third, and I'm like, dang it, as I'm starting to sprint down the first base, because I'm thinking it was right at him. But it takes a huge hop over the third baseman somehow, this crazy hop, and I get saved. The next kid comes up, he hits a shot to the left of the shortstop, and I'm thinking, dang it, double play, but I'm sprinting hard to second to try to break it up. And next thing I know, it takes a crazy hop into the outfield. And then we ended up coming back and winning that game. So I know that God worked through that aspect and the Holy Spirit worked through. Cause I remember when Caden was rounding third and he was coming to home, I was like, that's what happens when the Holy Spirit's working in you. So I don't want to look at somebody and say, look, if you pray, it's not going to happen because I believe that prayer can change things. But I also want you guys to understand that are listening to this right now. God is not some genie that you can go to and just be like, give me this, give me that. So yes, the Bible says you have not because you ask not. So I would always say, yes, pray to God, ask him, ask him for that blessing, ask him for that, but also understand he's not some genie that's just going to grant every single wish. But I will say, I do think he sometimes will work through it, but I just think that's such a tough question because like, there's so many different aspects to it that we could look at. And, you know, you could just go so deep into that. But um, I hope that answered your question, man. Um, and the next question is number eight. And it's, have you ever had any teammates bring you down because you love God? Uh, I wouldn't say necessarily bring me down, but I would definitely say they try to mock me or be like, ah, oh, you know, like I told you earlier, oh, pastor or reverend, bet you're not coming to this party tonight. And you just got to stay true to yourself. And I'm saying like, if you want to worship God, if you do what you want to do and if, don't let someone else on your team or a person on just a hate comment on TikTok or Instagram, because I bet we get some of those be like, don't do this because of this. Be your own person because at the end of the day, God wants you to be your own person and also follow him. But don't ever let someone else persuade you on doing something that you weren't thinking about doing. You want to follow your morals. Yeah, bro. Like I totally agree with that though, because the fact of the matter is sometimes we allow other people's opinions to affect us worshiping Jesus as we've talked about throughout this. And I can say personally, yes, there has been times where people have tried to bring me down. Like I talked about earlier, that one teammate that was like, oh, I don't believe in Jesus, but guess what? He's a Christian now because I continue to be bold anyway. And the fact of the matter is just because somebody tries to bring you down, it means you're doing something right. That like the fact that they can look at you and be like, oh, I bet you're not coming to the party tonight. Well, that shows that they know that you're different. Like we talked about the doctor situation earlier. You need to be known as different. So yes, you are going to have some teammates clown you. You are going to have some teammates look at you and say you're crazy, but continue to be bold, continue to live for Jesus. And you know, the next question, this is a really good one. Um, with the blessings that God has given you, like what do you believe he's telling you to do with them? Great question. I'd say for my main thing, when it comes to the blessing that God has given me and the opportunities he's given me is my like big thing in life right now is not only to play baseball, but I want to play baseball at, a, at the highest level and inspire young kids, not only to be an athlete and a Christian athlete at that, but you just spread the gospel. And I just feel like that's one of the big things and why I post so much on TikTok now with baseball content and Christian content because I love seeing kids be able to say, man, you made my day because there were people like that that inspired me to do things. And now, I, now I'm happy to inspire others. 
I feel that, bro. And yeah, like for me, honestly, like, you know, I just think any blessing that God gives us, we can use it for one or two things. We can use it for our glory or we can use it for his glory. And in order to use it for his glory, it means that we need to point others to him, you know? And for me, you know, like you said, God's given us the talent of baseball. We need to use baseball for his glory. God's given me a platform on TikTok. I need, I need to use that for his glory, right? So I'll just say like, at the end of the day, God has given us all gifts, whether it be singing, playing an instrument, graphic design, playing a sport, absolutely anything. God has given us these gifts. And if you're saying, oh, Chandler, my only gift is playing baseball. Oh, Chandler, my only gift is playing a sport. I promise you that is not your only gift. God has also given you other gifts that, that he is going to use for his glory. Um, but yeah, honestly, like for me, it's just, I feel like God's just telling me every blessing I give you, use it for me, use it for my glory, point others back to me. And this is the second to last question. And I kind of like it. How many dingers have you hit? Somebody was wondering. How many dingers have I hit? In college, obviously my stats don't show up yet because obviously I haven't played my first official D1 game. But I think so far in inter squads and practices and BP and total just three or two, two or three, I think so far. But the only reason that is I got to give it to you. I need to get a couple extra reps in the weight room, obviously. And then also our field, I don't know if anybody's ever seen Arkansas Pine Bluffs field, but it is a pitcher's park at total like the ball I hit was probably 393 or 395 but our field is um definitely the wind is usually always blowing in so if you get a hold of one out there you really you really piece that ball but hopefully you know the dingers come out on the road and against all these other teams and when it counts that's the big thing is when it counts I feel that bro I feel that um big fields definitely suck I totally feel that um now the last question that we're going to go into that I kind of really like this question because this whole podcast is about how can we bring God glory through our sports and this one guy asked how can I play basketball for the glory of God how can I dedicate it to him so what what would be your best answer to him just try to spread the gospel whether that be on TikTok Instagram and the way you play really shows like let's say you just got slapped around and you're most people probably react and want to cuss at the ref like come on man did you not did you not see that? But just really showing the maturity. I know it's going to be tough, but showing the maturity of, as a Christian athlete. And I don't want to, I don't, but I don't want to show something that's not my true character. And just being a man of God, just really, you just got to do your own research, but try to find what would work for you. But I would definitely say just acting out the word the best that you can. And if something reaches out to you, like personally for me, I want to start having like my own merch for Christian athletes and also to grow my brand, but just definitely having something that you enjoy doing that feels like you're helping others. Facts, bro. And I really think like playing for the glory of God in any sport is just all about, like I talked about earlier, giving him glory through us playing through our actions, you know, and it takes me back. I remember I used to love to talk a lot of crap on the baseball field. I used to talk so much trash, honestly. And about not last year, but the year before. So about two years ago, um, I remember I was kind of talking trash. And then I posted this video on TikTok of all these different times when I would throw somebody out and I would start chirping at the dugout because I thought it was funny. And somebody commented though, and I, I, I ended up deleting it because I was getting like literally like hundreds of comments. And they were like, you're a Christian. Like, why are you doing this? And that was one of the most convicting things ever though, honestly. That's the most convicting statement ever. You're a Christian. Why are you doing that? 
And I realized like, dang, that really is true though. Like the fact of the matter is that person on the other team, if they look me up after I was talking to trash to them and they see, oh, his major is ministry. Well, why would they want Jesus? And so I realized, you know what, at the end of the day, everything I do on that field needs to give God glory. And I'm not saying I've been perfect at it since. I talked about last week how there was one time when I slid in the second last year and my first reaction was to make sure the dude was okay. And that's just what happened in that moment. Versus high school, that was not what happened. And I talked about that, how I started cursing at a dude when I made him land on his neck. But even this fall, I'm not going to lie, there was a time where I got really frustrated and the dugout was talking to me from the other team and I said some words I'm not going to repeat, some curse words. And, you know, if they look me up or they see me on TikTok or something, they're going to be like, that dude's a Christian? What? You know, and I just think like, you know, and I've prayed about it. I've asked God for forgiveness and I've been real with my team. You know, like I need to be better. I know that like, that's not where I should be. That's not how I should be. And that's, what's most important about it because you're not going to always be perfect. It's about taking responsibility, growing from it. But my best advice for anyone in that circumstance is make sure that your actions are giving God glory because you playing great. Yes. You can say God, all the glory to you for it. But if you pray, but if you play great, and your actions do not align with God, it's not going to matter. Because when you say all glory to God, somebody's going to look at you crazy. Like, what God are you talking about? Um, and so, yeah, guys, you know, I want to thank you again for listening. And I'm so excited to see where God is going to take this podcast. Derek, thank you so much for joining. And is there anything else that you would like to just say to anybody listening right now? Definitely. If you're a Christian athlete or just a regular person that just wants to get to know me, my Instagram is Derek42Blackmore, and my TikTok is DBlackmore. And basically, if you want to reach out to me, just DM me, and I'll definitely get back to you as quick as I can. Whether you need advice, you just need someone to talk to, something's going on in life, I'd definitely be a person that would just want to be open with you and just, just be a willing person to talk to you if you need someone to talk to. That's great, bro. really appreciate that. And same, same thing for me, guys. If you guys ever need anything, both of our DMs are open. Both of us are always here for you. But I thank you guys again for just listening to this podcast. I'm so excited to see what God is going to continue to do through it in our lives, in our lives and in your lives as well. Make sure that everything you do on the field brings glory to God, guys. It may be our game, but it's for his glory. Thank you again. And I look forward to seeing what God is going to continue to do. God bless.